Welcome to the Pirate Monk Podcast, uh, part two of a very special, uh, what, part two of a special episode? That doesn't work. No, it's two episodes. We broke it into two episodes. Part two of a special thingy. Yes, that's right. A special event. A global event, actually. Uh, a live <laughs> uh, uh, podcast uh, or a podcast recorded. All podcasts are recorded live. That's a good, that, that is a really, what, what is that comedian? You just sounded like Hedberg. You sound like Mitch Hedberg. Oh, did I? Yeah. Here someone shows me a photo and says, this is me when I was younger. Every photo is you when you were younger. <laughs> yes, exactly. he, would, he would have really appreciated that statement. But yes, every podcast. Oh, recorded live. Every studio audience is a live studio audience, <laughs> right? That's right. Well, okay, so here is a previously live recorded podcast that was in the presence of uh, 60 of our closest comrades in arms. Yeah, absolutely. It was the guys who came uh, to the Pirate Monk Recharge Weekend at the Henry Horton State Park in uh, Middle Tennessee. How long ago was that now? Has, have three weeks passed I think this Friday will be three weeks, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Crazy. And it's only three weeks till uh, Thanksgiving. Three weeks is just all over the map today. Unbelievable. So uh, let's, let's not delay this anymore. We, we had such a good time listening to the first part of it. Let's enjoy listening to the second part and remembering a fantastic night. All right. It was magical. A magical and fantastic night. Here it is, part two. I think I left my slipper. When I wake up, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out. Hey, I'm Philip. Hey, Philip. Hey, Philip. Uh, I've got a, a short story and then a question. Um, uh, just after Thanksgiving 2016, I was sitting in a uh, Cracker Barrel and eating with some friends of mine. And I've got a three or two year old little boy. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, this cute little girl walks up and starts saying, Hey to my little boy. And next thing I know, this man comes up and goes, All right, come on, we got to go. And lo and behold, it was Nate Larkin. And I. I think I scared him because I stood up going, you're Nate Larkin, like that. And he's like, yes, yes, I am. You know? and, and to me, it was so amazing of uh, being introduced to your video of I Am Second uh, just a number of months before. And then randomly, while he's driving with, because this is a real man, he had three grandbabies by himself he's trying to handle uh, in a restaurant, um, but just randomly at, at, at a particular time. And here's the thing. If his daughter or granddaughter hadn't walked up to my son, I would have never even seen him. Mm. To me, I, I swear to you, I, I, I don't know if I over-spiritualize things, but I called a friend of mine that we had been talking, and I go, I just talk to Nate Larkin. We need to do this Samson Society thing. We need to get it set up in our church. I don't know about you guys, but I wanted to ask you guys, has there been a God thing, for lack of a better term, that maybe you've been experienced or had a, had something happen that you felt that was minor, but it was a 
it was a, a puddle effect where all of a sudden, next thing you know, you dropped something, you did something, you thought it didn't really matter. Because I, I don't know how many people have, have come to you said, I saw your I, I Am Second video and what you thought the impact was. Can you guys expound mm -hmm. on anything that you mm -hmm. have had, whether Samson related or not, mm -hmm. and how it has had the, the puddle effect or the ripple effect? Yeah, man. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, in the middle of my divorce and losing everything that I lost, everything, um, there was a guy that said, hey, man, uh, can you come help me with this little kid's project, this music project? And last thing I want to do is, I, mean, I don't want to do that, man. This. But I lost everything. So I needed, I needed to make money. And uh, sure, you know, really bad attitude. Uh, have an issue with rage. Uh, didn't want to, just, just really just bad attitude. So this guy brings me to this environment uh, I'm going through a whole bunch of junk and, and I'm dealing with some individuals and really challenging people. The guy I didn't want to fool with said, hey, there's a, there's a dude you need to meet. <laughs> I don't think they can see your point. You know, Nate Larkin. Mondo has just pointed to <laughs> Nate Larkin. Yes, yes. That's the visual. The visual. <clears throat> and it's funny, man, because everything in me did not want to do that project. Everything, you, you guys ever feel that? Like, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> like, I don't want to be around these people, these kids, this thing, this that. No. Uh -uh. No way in hell. Huh? No way in hell. Yeah, exactly. I don't. Fine. And within a matter of weeks, you know, there's a, there's a guy you need to talk to that may be able to help you navigate through everything. That's how we met. That small act of obedience in the midst of anger beyond belief and everything that we've all, I'm sure, experienced in our own personal lives, man. Just that one little simple, okay, has turned my life upside down in a good way. And so to answer your question, yes. It's, man, if it, I can't even imagine. Like, I... If I had said, no, I'm not doing it, and walked that way, why? Where would I be right now? I, yeah. I don't know. So that one little act, okay. When everything in me said, no, <coughs> has, has put me on a, a new path that I didn't even realize existed. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, I didn't know he, what he was going to introduce me to. I just knew there was some dude named Nate. That's really all I knew. And we talked, I think we talked on the phone first, and then we met. So it, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that for me has been the, probably the, the one thing that's really changed my life. A small little bit of decision. Something that I didn't, it totally blindsided me. And, and where it's put me today. You want to answer from everybody? I don't matter. Hey, it's your question. You can have what you want. I, I just would say what we were talking about uh, when we got here and we're watching uh, David Bunker and Soutien talking. Oh, yeah. Like, we're, we're surrounded at all the little moments. If I were to see 
the, the spider web of what God's up to. It's like when I pray for something. God, help me get this job. Fantastic. The other 25 people didn't get the job. Uh, how did that affect everybody in every little way? And that ties to this and that. And so watching Bunker outside at a Samson retreat where he planted the seeds to grow the thing that gets heard about in Germany from an Oxford guy from Asia. I'm running out of continents here, and there's Dutch boys in it somewhere. <laughs> and they're having this this awesome conversation. And go, go ahead. You can tell the rest of the story. No, but I, I tell you what. I, this is what I've been doing all weekend as I walk around, and I see these conversations. To me, the most beautiful sound in the world is men talking to each other. But I've walked around, and I've, I've seen you guys talking in the dining room. I've seen you in here. I've seen, and, I, and I look at those conversations, and I say to my, I've said to myself, I've said to God, I've said to Aaron and other people, I wonder where that's going. I wonder where that's going. I wonder why he's here. Why is Michael Lay here? Why is he here? Why was Jeff here? Why? We serve a, an amazing, powerful, all-knowing God who is relentlessly redemptive. And we are a part of his plan. And uh, we're going to look back someday and we're going to see that there were some major turning points that happened here. And the beauty of that question and the beauty of this answer is this: the drop is now. Yeah. When did it drop in the puddle? Right now. Yeah. Right now. And tomorrow morning it'll be now. And <laughs> like God's God's not taking a break being like, hey, I, I got to go get some other puddles ready. You got the next three days on your own. <laughs> like every one of these conversations, every one of these guys, it's, yeah, we're surrounded. Yeah. 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 Cool. Good question. Great question. Are you getting tired already? It's, is, it's my bedtime. It is your bedtime. It's a special <laughs> night. We're giving you permission to stay up past yeah, your bedtime. Come on up. <laughs> Although, you might have to hit a record. I'm Rob. Hey, Rob. Rob. From Jackson, Mississippi. We love you guys. And we love this ministry. Thank you so much for what you do. I think I speak for everybody when I say that. Truly. Um, <clears throat> this afternoon, Nate, you showed us just how intertwined with men you are each day. Obviously, the daily disciplines that are in the creed that we recite, Bible study and prayer specifically, are always brought to the surface. Can you speak to how you typically um, work that out tangibly? Um, I know that in listening to the podcast, you've addressed self-examination mm-hmm. and journaling. Right. But there's not been a lot about those other two components. And <clears throat> I know that we make light of the Bible and this not necessarily being a Bible study, but it's in the creed. And I know you were intentional. So how does that 
from a daily or maybe a weekly standpoint? Because you were very specific this afternoon about I meet with this guy and this guy and I meet with two guys. And it's just, it's amazing, the routine. So I'm hoping that you've got a similar routine for those other two things. And how, how, how does God use that as well? Yeah. Well, prepare to be disappointed. Um, no, I am. Uh, I know that that um, prayer, study, and self-examination are crucial to the maintenance of my spiritual condition. Um, I enjoy. St- uh, I wish I had a very disciplined prayer. Here's my prayer life. Allie and I pray for. F- about 15 minutes every night at bedtime. I will join guys in prayer occasionally throughout the day, although that is not typically a part of our conversation. I do, I do believe that when we walk, because we're believers, when we walk in the light as he is in the light, uh, that he is present with us and I can sense it. And there are times when I hear him in what my brother says or I hear him in my own voice. I know he's there. Um, there are some guys. Uh, I love walking with Larry. One of the reasons I love walking with Larry on Tuesday mornings is that that man's a prayer. And we'll be walking and talking, and all of a sudden, he's he's still talking, but he's talking to the Father, and he's just talking to God like he's talking to me. Um, and suddenly, we're having a conversation, and then and then God is explicitly in the conversation, and we're praying together. Um, where I am weakest personally is in Bible study. Um, I let some other people carry me there. Uh, I get that from church, from the teaching there. Uh, and I think part of this, frankly, is uh, it's a carryover, I think, from my years in ministry when I saw the Bible mainly as a sermon source book. And I would go there just to get sermon material. And and since I'm not preaching any longer, at least don't have to come up with a fresh sermon every week, uh, because I did not develop the habit of going to the Scriptures daily, um, that part of my life is not as strong as I would like it to be, frankly. So a growth plan for me, definitely, is to... Uh, is to get more intentional. Without making any promises. Without making any promises, yeah. Can, can I uh, say something real quick? Um, it's, it's really hard when you, when you grow up, as many of you have in the church, where, uh, heck, when I was a CEF director, if you've done child evangelism fellowship, the little green page in your wordless book is growing in Christ. How do you do that? Daily Bible study, prayer, lead other people to Christ. It's amazing how many of our answers for what is necessary to become a more mature Christian can only happen in a literate society where you own books, which means our answers of what must be to become mature just wasn't possible for most of 2,000 years of Christians' lives. I want to submit that's not possible. If our answers, the only way to get mature is to follow this Bible study method, and that wasn't possible for 2,000 years, then it could be a really good thing. But I need to not hang all of my identity as a maturing and growing Christian on it. 
Now, that doesn't minimize Scripture to me. I get to enjoy being a literate man in a society where I can own a Bible. So now, the purpose is to know God more, not learn more stuff. And I grew up just like being the... uh, I was the amusement. My parents would bring me out and we would play Bible trivia with their friends. And I would get the adult questions in elementary school. And they would do the kids' questions. And it was funny because Aaron could spell Nebuchadnezzar. Right? And so knowing stuff was highly revered. And so what did I do? I'm going to learn some more. I'm going to learn some cultural stuff. I want to learn Jewish cultural stuff and tie this together. Who cares? The power of Scripture is in that God is revealing himself. That's what, what does it mean to glorify God, not to make God look better. That's ridiculously arrogant to think, I will live my life today and make God look a little better. Oh, please don't think that's what glorifying God is. But for God to be revealed for who he is a little bit more, for the pieces to be stripped away, that's what Scripture's for. So that we get to go look at Scripture to find Him and not just to learn more stuff is a beautiful thing. But if that's an obligation, geez, go to your wife and say, I'm obligated to date you because that's what I do as a husband to love you better and just see where that takes you. Versus, hey, I'd like to get to know you better and see where that takes you. I mean, it's kind of lame that we're God's stalkers far more than I want to date God. I want to know God. I want to I want to grow in this. No, I'll just get his Facebook page, get his friends, find out where he hangs out. That's what stalkers do. And that's what Bible study can become. We need to see the difference. Because if I don't fall in love with Jesus at the end of this, then it was just a weekend at Henry Horton's Whatever the rest is. <laughs> yeah. It's a follow-up. Cool. It's a Larry from Seattle. Hey, hey Larry. Larry. You mentioned about the whole Bible study thing. And, um, in my recovery, uh, several people have, have really encouraged me a couple years ago to consider contemplative prayer, mm. the Eastern tradition, mm. before... 1400, mm-hmm. when there wasn't a lot of literacy. So could you, and it's transformed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was woo-woo. So could you talk about the whole contemplation and, and Christian meditation a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which which practices do you like, do you find connect, connection with? Uh, Keating, Thomas Merton, um, and then... Uh, uh, John Chrysostom back. Mm-hmm. And it's just short, short phrases, usually from the Psalms, because that's I'm, I'm always there because I'm still broken and trying to figure it out. And uh, actually, my doctor threatened me. He's a Christian. He threatened me with pills and a bunch of stuff. He threatened me. It's pills or Merton for you. Make your choice. <laughs> and my, no, I, and so I, I used to do, I do breathing practice mm-hmm. and so my blood pressure is down and my, and my uh, pre-diabetic conditions are, are, are managed. So, Yeah, I'll let you grab this, but let's say straight up that whether you're in the most like Baptist Bible study or the, an ancient tradition, Greater. these are all a bunch of tools that people have developed, hopefully to try to know God more. 
And so for some people, they can become an idol that can be very unhealthy. How many of you know people that exercise like they're obsessed with exercise? And so exercise, I've been told, is a good thing. I haven't gone to research that personally. But (laughs) regardless of how good it is, for that person, you're like, geez, you just took a good thing and wrecked it for yourself. So can these, whether it's spiritual disciplines and going back to old things or saying, I just want to know more stuff or taking this Bible study. These are just things. And they either guide us on our journey to say, I want to know God more. I mean, just Philippians 3, just sit with that for the next like five years. It'll be better for you altogether. I just want to know Christ. And it's either helping or it's not. But I love these. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, I, and I, uh, by the way, Larry, have also become, uh, I found some life recently in contemplative prayer. I have not practiced it. Uh, I haven't gone deeply into the practices, but what I've done, I have, and Sutian is leaving at an ungodly hour of the morning to fly to mm-hmm. Austin to uh, meet up with a guy down there, a group called Friends of Dr. Bob. Uh, a fellow who is reviving the practices of the Oxford group, which is the group that AA came from. And the Oxford group practiced something called two-way prayer. Uh, So it was listening prayer. So you pray with a notebook. You, You talk to God and then you sit and listen. And what do you hear? And and you write that down, and then it becomes a matter of obedience or disobedience. Um, I, I, this is I, to me. This is all just a great adventure, and 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 I am not. Uh, I'm not a guru, and I'm not a spiritual giant. But uh, there is wonderful fruit from contemplative prayer. Wonderful fruit from it. So. You know what I like about it? Like you take a Lectio Divina where you're taking this small passage yeah. and uh, what you find is it pushes you into meditation, which if you look at scripture, there's not much about verse memorization. I mean, really, the only verse they had me learn to prove that it should be a cornerstone of my life was, thy word have I hid in my heart. Yep. Nobody else claps. Did nobody learn yeah. this song? Yeah. Yeah. I was out. I feel, I feel very lonely again. I just want to say it. First uh, memory is great because it can aid in meditation. But if you look at scripture, it talks far more about meditation being where am I setting my mind? Where am I rooting my heart? And that takes like, okay, repetition, repetition. And we were just talking the other day, uh, growing up in my tradition, we were very against those uh, call and response prayers that those Lutherans or whomever did. I, they didn't let me out of the Brethren Church, so I didn't know who was doing it, but I knew it was dumb. Why? Because it was repetition and wrong, as if those like vineyard choruses we're singing 35 times are not repetitious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the problem is, has never been repetition right? What does scripture say the problem is? Vain repetition. repetition. There's a big difference between repetition and vain repetition. And it's okay to sit in something and let it start to shape my heart. Because I'm, I mean, I'm pretty thick. 
And so, yeah, uh, celebration of discipline is such a great place to start for people. That was Foster, right? Yeah. I don't know, I'm bad at remembering who writes things. Uh, that it's a simple book with simple practices for people that say, like, I don't spiritual disciplines. That's that's weird. Am I supposed to go read uh, read some Dallas Willard? No, don't start with that. He's fine, but don't start there. Uh, Foster's great. I think the first chapter is like. Get, get more sleep. That's your discipline this week. I think that's chapter one. You're not sleeping enough. Discipline yourself to go to bed. Okay, that's spiritual. Yeah, you'll find out. Do it for a week, and all of a sudden, things become much clearer. So, yeah, it's great. Thank you. I can't believe I'm up here. Believe buddy. James Foster from Wichita Falls, Texas. Sitting in repetition. First of all, Samson Society is a good habit that I've developed mm. sitting in repetition. Mm-hmm. It's had a, a definite impact in my walk. And I can testify uh, personally that it has helped things, my life, to go well. Mm. It has been well with me. And thank you, guys. Um, another habit that's been good for me is... I actually love to empty the dishwasher. That's been part of winning my bride back and rebuilding trust with her. But something that's been really helpful that I've been a slacker on of late, and just being here this weekend, I've thought about it a lot, and I'm going to practice it again uh, more faithfully, is, and we've done this before, and it's powerful. Um, over the years and at Samson Society among other things too uh, looking people in the eye is a big deal it it really is so take the chair at the breakfast table such as this and turn it like this and put my elbows on my knees and then her hands right there I call that a dyad and I take my handy dandy iPhone and put it on timer for two minutes. And then she looks in my eyes and I look in her eyes and we say nothing for two minutes. Ooh, that's strong, buddy. And when I started doing that, that felt like two hours. Mm -hmm. That's strong. (laughs) But you do it enough and it feels like two seconds. Wow. And I want to tell you what, not a word gets said, but there are volumes said going back and forth eyeball to eyeball and I can't wait to get home to try it again and for me I call that winning winning my bride back and um, I've never used this stuff I heard a guy one time this guy that I learned this from told me says way better and cheaper than Viagra <laughs> 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 oh man. <laughs> that's good, man. And you know that's a spiritual discipline because they all feel like two hours the first time. You try and then it gets easier. So that's that's awesome. Thank you. Okay. My name is Adam. Hey Adam. And I am from Austin, Texas. Um First, I need to thank all three of you. Um, I will get way too emotional about this, so I'll apologize in advance. Um, My first two years of being exposed to the Samson Society was through the podcast because it wasn't available 
in meeting form where I was living at the time. I moved to Austin, and one of the things I was most excited about was I was going to get to go to a Samson meeting. (laughs) And so I thank you guys for that and introducing me to the format of what it's like to be around a group of Christian men and be able to say what's really going on and not what we want everyone to think is going on. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for that. my question may sound meaner than I intended to be. All right. Direct to tonight, please. Yeah, go that way. <laughs> 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 <Move> that over. <laughs> and I was looking right at Nate because um, I'm a detail-oriented person, and I have to admit um, I've heard Nate speak of his uh, lack of preparation at times. Mm-hmm. And... How has that affected the podcast? Are there times where you guys get calls of like, hey, can you get together in 30 minutes to do a podcast? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting question. Yeah. I wouldn't say if we if we're going to do a podcast, it's because we've said we're going to do a podcast. Okay. Yeah. If we say we're going to do a podcast, there's about a fifty percent chance we're going to do a podcast. Okay. Right, right. No, it's a little higher. A little higher, maybe seventy-five. Okay. Seventy-five. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Sixty-seven. Yeah. What What we may not know when we show up and the tape rolls is who the guest is or what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, like life. I think the fun of all of this is I don't think anybody involved is is super special. And when I introduced Nate on Friday, it was kind of for his... for his own heart's desire to just be a man amongst men and not be like, oh, he wrote this book and that makes you super special. Uh, we're just people with like multiple jobs trying to get stuff done. Right. So we carve out this time on Wednesday mornings and then uh, we try to fill it with a guest and then we wait to find out like if Allie has a doctor's appointment at the last yeah, minute yeah. or something like that and then decide so it's it's a lot of planning and then last minute adjustments because yeah. uh, there's also looking through the mailbag we have, we have to go through the email see you know what guys or, or, or ladies mm-hmm. Tom Tom will write in and so we, we sift through that um you know, sometimes the the guest only has this amount of time, so we have to record the podcast backwards, mm-hmm. which we often we often do. do. Now. Yeah, you know, so there's a lot of like you said, last minute tweaks, mm-hmm. kind of just flying and seeing what happens. And that's when all the technological stuff works great. Mm-hmm. I do believe the last two times David Bunker was supposed to be the guest, he sat there for 20 minutes while we tried to get stuff ready, and then went. So anyway, let's talk to you later, Bunker. <laughs> that's uh, how that happened. So I, it's 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 quite an adventure. Yeah. Uh, did that answer your question? Yes. Thank okay. You. <laughs> By the way, kudos to these two guys. My job in the my job in the podcast is just to show up. It, I have like a one hour commitment. That's all I do. Um, these guys, the the work that they go through to record that thing, especially and, and to uh, although you don't 
edit. You're, you are putting the pieces together. You're yeah. putting music in. Say, although we don't edit. There, no, there's editing. There's it's, editing. We're not editing the, the interviews and the conversations. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's editing. lots of edit. All I know is you guys spent hours doing this <laughs> right. thing. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and, and Aaron has really shouldered the responsibility lately of mm-hmm. booking guests. And, I mean, he's just doing the whole freaking thing. So... Uh, and nobody gets any, nobody gets paid. But I, th- but I think that's that's the beauty of it, man. It, you know, it's it's not scripted. You know, we just kind of let it fly, and we're all in different spots. The guests, you know, you may know them, you may know them, none of us know them, and we just just kind of cross our fingers and toes and say, let's just roll, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's I think that's the beauty of it, man. Um, it's just. It's nothing. We, we don't sit around. Okay, let's make sure we stay safe and sit. No, this is go. Get recorded and talk. Let's go. Let's do it. And I think that's where the beauty. That's where the magic really happens in the conversations, man. Yeah. 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 All right. Nate wants to go to bed. So how about do we have one more question? Do we have time? Can we do one more? Oh, we got Scott Phillips in the back. Nate pulls yeah. rank. All right. <laughs> Bet- I'm supposed ahead. to say my name. Hi, I'm yes. Scott. Hey, Scott. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so I, 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 th- I think it's been it's been recognized that a liability of groups like this sometimes are that that our wives feel left behind, um, and and so. I, I want to ask you, but I'll start. I'll start with some good advice that I've heard um, in in leading as men um, was was by a guy named John Piper, who's a wonderful preacher, and uh, and he he said he said whoever says let's the most is the leader, and and so if you're saying you know let's let's get up early and go to church, go for a walk first, let's let's pray together, let's whatever whatever you're saying you know to invite your wife into something, whoever says let's the most is the leader. My question for you is in this in this process, what kind of practical stuff have you found useful in in leading your wives? Um, mm-hmm. As as I think sometimes maybe they feel a little left out or mm-hmm. or not included in the in, in this kind of a community or, or brotherhood, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good question, man. Uh, I, I've seen. I've seen both sides of this fence, okay? I've seen the the effects of leaving my wife over there and me doing my thing. Didn't work out well, okay? Long story, we can talk later, okay? Because Nate's got to go to bed. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, literally as of a year and a half ago, I said, let's both sit down with Nate. And we had a conversation about her walk. And maybe he could introduce her to someone that could help her in her walk, in her life. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I do, yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And, and it got in front of Aaron and, and gave, gave her some tools in her life, in her walk, things she's dealing with. So now I'm on a journey. She's on a journey. I know her cast of characters. She knows my cast of characters. And it's been beautiful 
since, but before it's, it's night and day. I mean, before then, I, I kind of felt like I had the, you know, I, I had my little party going on over here, and she was just kind of just wandering around. And so, what's going on over there? Okay, you're, you know what I mean, just in the dark and not really connected. But over the last year and a half, the level of connection. Uh, has been fascinating and it's been incredible and she's it's not that she's in our meetings mm-hmm. it's not that she's you know reading the same materials that we're reading and this and that and the other she's not listening to all the podcasts she's on her own path over here with women with ladies with organizations that can help her in her walk no different than mine so to kind of give you an idea of what both sides of the fence looks like. I don't know. Those damn fly. <laughs> uh, Mondo is waving away a damn fly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's that. When you when you ask that question, man, that that really hit me pretty pretty tough because uh, and these guys know it's bringing her into the fold, um, and not necessarily to say. And come in my world so you see what I'm doing, be a part of my thing. No, she was created by the creator. She's got her own thing, got her own life, got her own walk, got her own path. Maybe she can get on her path, I'm on my path, and we go this direction together. So hopefully that that helps a little bit. I think I, I think we should just do a whole episode on this because it, it it's yeah. way too much. Yeah. Um, but the, the quick two things that come to mind is one, understanding what it is to be a leader as a husband. Uh, I realized was being handed a bunch of uh, a list of duties, and when I looked in the Bible, that list wasn't anywhere in the Bible. It was totally made up, and I had to readdress. Well, I mean, I'm supposed to love as Christ loved the church and kind of start over, like throw all the duties away, even to the point how many wives do I get that say, I just want my husband to lead more, I want, so I want him to lead in prayer more, I want him to pray more with me. I'm like, okay, where in the Bible is it like the husband is the prayer in the... I'm like, well, it seems like God put that on your heart. Why don't you say, hey, can we pray tonight about this? Because I want him to be the leader. Well, she made up that as well. Everybody's making up this stuff. How many of you have <laughs> failed at lists that aren't in the Bible? Uh, yeah, okay, great. Well... <laughs> I'm only talking about the stuff we're making up and then feeling ashamed about. Um, so, so getting back to the place where... I being a spiritual leader in the house is actually really fun and natural because the way God told us to do it fits with how he made us. When we add a list that was good for that guy, it's not going to be good for those 2,000 other guys, and they'll feel like crap. So that's a big thing to work out. But the other thing for me is when I was young, you know, I, I was super mature, so I got married at 19 so I could discover <laughs> that I wasn't very mature. Uh, and I didn't understand the difference between being responsible to my wife and being responsible for my wife. So I was always bringing her books to read, and I could see how, I could see the areas she needed to grow, and I was serving her and helping her and read this. And uh, anybody else found a friend for your wife and tried to figure out how to, like, connect them because it would be good for her? Okay, good. A couple other people. Not just me. That was super hard. I put a lot of effort into making that friend for my wife. This stuff, all it did was actually way lengthen the amount of time where she wanted any of it. Instead of going, okay, you... Your deal with God is your deal with God. I'm here to serve you. I'm responsible to you in your journey to know God more. But I can't, even if I want to be responsible for you, I'm not. So it won't work. 
So, again, that takes a lot of unpacking what that means, but just that idea represents most of the ways I screwed up for the first 12 years. Sign me up for that list, man. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, uh, my wife, Allie, is a, is a wonderful, strong-willed woman. Now, one of the uh, when I first got into recovery, guys cautioned me. They said, "Don't push recovery on your wife." I ignored the advice because I could really see how she could benefit and how she needed it, and all I did was build resentment and resistance in her, as she felt like I was shifting blame. Uh, she thought I was refusing to accept responsibility. It freaking did not work. Um, when I finally laid off and started to do my own thing, it was a few years later when Allie, what they, they told me that I, I needed to lead, but I'm supposed to lead by example. And what I found is that she eventually got very jealous of the freedom uh, and the growth that she saw in me. And she eventually, I mean, she, she went to treatment. Here, here's a neat thing. She has resisted, she's resisted community. Um, but she started going to celebrate recovery two weeks ago. Um, Are you I, allowed to tell that? Isn't that like anonymous or something? No, it's. Oh, it's not AA. It's celebrate recovery. Celebrate recovery. Is it still anonymous? No anonymity. Okay. So she. Okay. So she started going to um, a certain unnamed Christian twelve-step group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she went. She went. She went. So. And I, I was gone that night. I, I had to go do something. I forget what I was doing. I was speaking somewhere or something. And she went freaking on her own, right? And I was sure she was going to hate it. She was sure she was going to hate it, but she went. And then um, Thursday night, I mean, two days two days ago, three, I'm prepping to come here on Friday, and it's, it's 5 o'clock on Thursday night, and Allie goes, you're coming with me to celebrate, right? And I had not planned on going. <laughs> and uh, so I, I got, I got the, I, I went to a recovery program for my wife, and uh, and she signed up for a step study like a year. It's amazing. Now I'm excited about this now because we're going to get to do more of this recovery journey together. But it was leadership by example, rather than trying to tote, not not pull her along, not push her along. Yeah, drag her along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, upcoming episode. Yes. Can I just say I'm David? Hey, David. Hey, David. Um, don't ever give up the mini meetings. Oh, mini meetings on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, those spoke volumes to me back in 2010 when I was in my pit. Yeah, um, they speak to me today. Uh, don't forget it. So, so is it okay if it's just me and Nate? Because Nate sometimes feels like we have to have three to five people. Is two of us okay? Especially yeah, if we yeah, for me it is. If we play it's a couple in, characters, we could pause and do our own little comment and start you back up. Okay, that works. That works. Okay. Two, right. two people is fine, and weekly podcast would be awesome. Thank you for whichever one you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All okay. right, now it's a little too much pressure here. <laughs> uh, on that note. Yeah, uh, I think I think uh, we've come to the end of our time. This is probably going to be two episodes, isn't it? You're going to cut it in half. Or you're going to put the whole thing up. I got to look at both phones and see how long this was, but we'll okay. work it out. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Well, we're coming, brothers, to another end. Uh, the end of another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yeah. Uh, we would love to hear from our listeners who are not in the room. <laughs> We'd like to hear from you guys. Yeah, yeah. You're looking us in the eyes when we say yeah. it's lonely. When we look at the mailbag, and we're like, we'd love to read a letter, but nobody loves us. Yeah. <laughs> so you can reach us, send your comment, send your question uh, to uh, piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, by the way, you know how I always pause and then make him say it? Out of all these years, I still can't remember. Piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. So every time I hand it off to him, it's not a shtick. I just don't remember. Okay. Just for you guys, though, don't tell them in the iPhone. All right. Well, until next week, I'm Nate. I'm Mondo. And I'm Aaron. And we're your pals on the Pirate Monk Podcast. An ARG together. ARG! <laughs> <laughs> All right.